Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, we're talking about dysthymic depression, which is called nowadays in the DSM-5, the persistent depressive disorder, which is, uh, if you can imagine, uh, it's like the character Eeyore in uh, Winnie the Pooh. It's kind of like, that is what it looks like. You know, uh, persistent depressive disorder, otherwise dysthymia, or low-grade depression is what it's called, is is. It's less severe than major depression, but it's very chronic, and it occurs about twice as often in women than in men, and it also is called PDD, which I'll probably be using that term uh, regularly, persistent depressive disorder, and it's a really serious and debilitating disorder that shares a whole lot of symptoms with other forms of clinical depression, and it's, it's generally experienced as a less severe but more chronic form of major depression. So it's like a long, long, flat line, you know, and PDD was referred to as dysthymia and all the other versions of the DSM, Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health. And uh, so basically, uh, dysthymia was replaced by persistent depressive disorder. And basically, the symptoms include uh, 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 a depressed mood. And and it's most of the time, and it has to be for the diagnosis to actually be the true diagnosis, a period of about two years. And in children and adolescents, mood can be irritable rather than depressed. And that's what's commonly called depression in children is irritability. And in addition uh, to depression and irritable mood, at least two of the following uh, symptoms have to be present. Insomnia, excessive sleep, low energy or fatigue, low self-esteem, poor appetite or even overeating, poor concentration or indecisiveness, and feelings of hopelessness. And I think here during the pandemic, COVID-19, I have probably seen it triple, if not quadruple, in the amount of uh, people that I see in therapy that have these very symptoms. Now, COVID-19's just over a year uh, right now. It's probably a year and three months. And uh, the, ba- the bottom line is, it's taken its toll on people. I mean, we are, have all been stuck inside masks, all basically living in a socialist society. It's depressing. Our freedom is gone. Our free will is gone. Uh, basically, all we are left to do is pick what we want to have for dinner because we have to make it. And, uh, you know, our lives and our choices are so limited. You know, the more severe symptoms that mark major depression include uh, the inability to feel pleasure, uh, psychomotor symptoms, which is uh, lethargic or agitation, and also even thoughts of death or suicide are often uh, 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 absent 
in uh, PDD. However, they are thought about, but PDD can occur alone or in conjunction with other mood or psychiatric disorders. For instance, more than half of people who suffer from persistent development, uh, depressive disorder will experience at least one episode of major depression. And this condition is called double depression. And uh, compared to with people with major depressive disorder, those with PDD are at higher risks for anxiety and substance use disorders. And that's what we're seeing today. A lot of it, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, a lot of substance abuse, and a lot of panic attacks. You know, it, it's estimated to affect in this in, in regards to our population normally prior to uh, COVID-19, it was about in dot 5% of people. However, I would suggest that that's increased to probably three to 4% of our population and, and maybe even more. And like major depression, uh, a persistent depressive disorder occurs twice as often in women, and once again, as in men. And the main sign of persistent development or depressive disorder is low dark or sad mood that occurs most of the day for more days than not for at least two years. But people with PDD often describe their mood as consistently sad, down in the dumps, just like Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh. And, and there's other symptoms, just as I spoke of earlier, the poor appetite or overeating, sleep disturbances, low energy, low self-esteem, poor concentration, feelings of hopelessness, indecisiveness, all of these is what it looks like. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it, these symptoms are not directly a result of a general medication, though. That's one of the most important, or substances. It has to be on its own, standalone. This is how you are as a person. In addition, uh, they, they result in impaired functioning in work, in social situations, and in personal areas. And, you know, nobody really knows what the cause is, but persistent depressive disorder appears to have its roots in, in a, a lot of genetic and biochemical and environmental and psychological factors, including chronic stress and especially trauma. And that can provoke uh, persistent de depressive disorder. Stress is believed to really uh, mess up one's ability to regulate mood and prevent mild sadness from deepening and persisting. And, and you know what? Social circumstances, particularly isolation and the unavailability of social support also contribute to the development of persistent depressive disorder. And this cause can be especially debilitating given that depression often alienates those are, who are in a position to provide support. And so resulting uh, this, the result is the increased isolation and worsening symptoms. So what do we have? We have a whole world full of persistent depressive disorder these days. You know, in addition, you know, trauma, loss of a loved one, a difficult relationship, uh, or any stressful situation really can trigger a depressive episode. And, and subsequent episodes may occur with or without an obvious trigger. You know, even in old age, uh, persistent depressive disorder is more likely to be the result of a medical illness, a cognitive decline or bereavement, and even a physical disability. And so as we get older, those tend to be more of the causes rather than stressors. 
And, and there's a lot of research that says that depressive illnesses are disorders of the brain. And brain imaging technologies like magnetic resonance imaging, MRI, have shown that brains of people who have depression look different than those without depression. Well, that's no surprise because it's all about blood flow. <clears throat> and it's all about neurological pathways and highways and serotonin and, and, and dopamine are what we need to build those highways. But if you're depressed, you're not making enough. And that's why the medications are so important. You know, the parts of the brain responsible for regulating your mood, thinking, sleep, appetite, behavior appear to function abnormally when you're depressed. And all of a sudden, we start making decisions based on how we feel rather than what we think. And you'll notice people who have persistent develop, or de depressive disorder are oftentimes saying, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel. And when you see people making decisions based on how they feel, I don't feel like getting up in the morning. I feel like having something to eat. I feel, I feel, I feel. That is depression. And we need to recognize that. And it is pervasive if that's all you're doing is basing everything off your feelings. Feelings, emotions are meant to motivate us to do logic. We don't put emotions ahead of us. If we put emotions ahead of us, our life becomes being out of control. And then we live in anxiety because our life is out of control. And, you know, depression and anxiety are on two different sides of the same coin. You know, psychotherapy can really help. You know, many people with persistent depressive disorder don't get the treatment they need because they're in the middle of it and they don't even realize they're depressed. They just know that something's not right. They don't, they don't feel right. And in many cases, because they only see their family doctors who often fail to diagnose the disorder, part of the problem is that people suffering from persistent depressive disorder believe their symptoms are an inevitable part of life. And so they just accept it. In older people, dementia, apathy, irritability can be disguised as persistent depressive disorder. You know, so asking open-ended questions. So how has your mood been lately? Uh, it can begin, uh, a physician can begin to notice changes and, and treat and help treat that and maybe even send to a, a therapist or maybe even Medicaid. You know, like depression, Persistent depressive disorder can be treated with supportive therapy that provides reassurance, empathy, education, skill building. And like the process of learning, which involves the formation of new connections between nerve cells in the brain, psychotherapy works by changing the way the brain functions. And certain types of psychotherapy, such as supportive therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy or psychodynamic therapy or even interpersonal therapy can really help relieve persistent depressive disorder. And cognitive behavioral therapy helps identify and change the negative styles of thinking that promote self-defeating attitudes and behaviors. And if you really look at depression, depression is full of expectations. You know, I expect myself to be more alert at work. I expect my concentration to be better. I expect myself to make better decisions. I expect my marriage to be perfect. I expect my children to do their homework. All of these things that would, when we have these expectations, they also have emotions attached to it when they're failed to be met. And so those expectations turn into unrealistic 
uh, a nagging of ourselves and a continuous sense of failure because those expectations continuously are not met the way we want them to. So if you want to treat depression, what you have to do is you have to convert the expectation into a preference. I prefer. And so when we prefer something, we don't have the emotional attachment and we can communicate our preference all day long. But people spiral into depression because they have expectations. And that is how they try to control life. And then they nag people to meet their expectations. They nag themselves to meet their expectations. And they develop self-talk about themselves that is negative and failure-oriented and low self-esteem oriented because they're not getting those expectations met. You know, as, as with a lot of forms of depression... You know, uh, people need to resolve their inner conflicts, especially those uh, derived from your childhood experiences. And so therapy can help you uh, confront that. And it can also help you uh, recognize expectations that are unrealistic. You know, uh, there's a number of medication options also for people with persistent depressive disorder. Most common uh, treatment of medication include a selective serotonin re-up, a reuptake inhibitor, SSRI, such as uh, Prozac or Zoloft. And, and there's this other newer dual action antidepressants such as Effexor. And some patients may respond to uh, trilytic antidepressants such as uh, uh, Tofranil. And also, antidepressant drugs have a number of side effects that can complicate treatment. So you really need to figure out which one is going to work for you. And so uh, sometimes sex drive can be affected, sometimes mild insomnia, uh, stomach problems. But usually what people do is they move through those in a very quick order and get to where the antidepressant can work for them. Many people don't ever have symptoms, but you have to be told that there might be. You know, and the other thing is, if you're going to take an antidepressant, what's really important is when you go off it, you just don't go off it because you're going to have a withdrawal. What you've got to do is you over a two to three week period, depending on your metabolism, you want to cut it down in dosage so that your brain can make up the difference. Because basically what an SSRI does is it's training the brain to make serotonin and dopamine at a much higher level so that actually we turn the lights on and people actually become more alive instead of coping with life. And so what's important to understand is these antidepressants are designed to help you uh, uh, live to help you feel alive, to help you engage with other people. The brain needs that. And over about six months to a year, you want to peel yourself off of it so the brain can make up the difference and do it for itself. But it has to know where to go. And that's what the medication does. You know, if you look at this pandemic we're in, it can be difficult to know if your mental or emotional state is normal or abnormal. You know, it's okay to feel overwhelmed right now with the uncertainties of, of this uh, coronavirus. However, knowing the difference between feeling blue and feeling depressed really can help you determine if you need some help. And so, you know, if, if we look at that, low-grade depression, which is what is persistent depressive disorder, is a mild chronic depression. And it, it, it's, it is a big deal. And it's an important thing for you to recognize if you have it. Because once it's there, it just keeps on going. And it doesn't necessarily always get worse, 
but it does leave you vulnerable to anxiety and depressive pockets where you actually go into depression uh, for a time. And it costs, you know, it just sucks because you feel sad, you feel hopeless, you feel sluggish, you feel irritable, you have trouble focusing. And many people begin to feel a long periods of poor productivity as well, which doesn't help them for employment. And you're also, your depression can trigger insomnia. And, and so that's important to understand. If you're not going to get enough sleep, your brain is going to have a really hard time recovering. And it's probably no surprise that six months spent dealing, or excuse me, a year or more of dealing with widespread sickness and death, quarantine orders, <laughs> masks, time away from loved ones and friends. If you're a parent, pressure to work without childcare and during uh, virtual learning, it takes its toll on people's mental health. And, and in fact, it's a study released a while back by the JAMA Network Open uh, found people. Uh, they were three times likely to develop depressive symptoms during COVID-19 compared to pre-pandemic. And so it's important for us to think about how abrupt manner in which life changed way back in February in 2020, maybe March, depending on where you're at. But, uh, you know, it's also important to understand that this low-grade depression differs from major depressive disorder, which is what we're going to talk about in the next segment. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC CEO Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about dysthymic depression, which is, in other words, in the DSM-5, which is our latest diagnostic manual for mental health, it's called persistent depressive disorder. You know, and it's a low-grade depression. It's not full-blown depression. And uh, it's characterized by symptoms like a sense of hopelessness, worthlessness, as I've said in the last segment, irritability, uh, persistent sad or empty mood, and and indecisiveness, uh, uh, just a lot of irritability with these people. And it can last all day or most of the day, but it has to go on for almost two years. If it's two years, then it truly is a persistent depressive disorder. And, uh, you know, otherwise it used to be called dysthymia, which is, if you just think about it, it's a flatline depression. It's just, it's flat. It, it means you're not up, you're not down, you're just there. And it, it, it may go up and down a little bit. It may wobble uh, during the day. It may wobble at different times of seasons. But it, it certainly does stay the same. And it's like Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh, as I spoke before. You know, there's a thing you need to really ask yourself. How are you really doing? You know, if depressive symptoms are causing you to feel overwhelmed, unsafe, impairing your ability to function and inability to work on a daily basis, you should really get some help. And that's important. I mean, we've all been stuck in our homes with with or without our families, with or without our support system. Uh, virtually working, having to educate our kids. I mean, we're going through all this crazy stuff. And in the middle of it, it's really hard to focus on yourself because you're in the middle of the storm and you're just trying to get by. But if you're in that dysthymic mood, which is very close to apathy, apathy is the opposite of love, by the way, you know, it's just this sense that you're kind of just coping with life and you're not really alive. And that means you're not available to your loved ones. You're not available to your children as much. You're not available to your dog. You're not available to your cat. You're just there. You're just existing. And you don't need to live that way. And there are medications that can help. And therapy can certainly help. And also, nowadays, we do telehealth therapy, which means you don't even have to leave your home. You could turn on your your Zoom and uh, basically meet up with a therapist and do your stuff. And, And the insurances do cover that. You know, you have to, if you're going to deal with this stuff, you've got to take care of yourself. My grandmother always told me, you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of other people. You have to give to yourself before you can give to others. And that's an important thing to remember. And you don't want to confuse low grade with not important or something you have to push through on your own. Don't try to be the tough guy. Don't try to be the tough gal. You know, you need to face up to it that you might need some help. 
and and you don't you deserve to feel better, especially if you're struggling to get through the day. You know, if your symptoms are mild or come and go, your doctor may recommend lifestyle changes, and that includes uh, considering uh, self care, maybe exercise as a priority. Because if you know what, if you can do 20 minutes of cardio every day of your life, get your heart beat up 10 or 20 beats for 20 minutes. That's about 60% of a mild antidepressant. But people that are depressed do what they feel, and they don't feel like exercising every day. So guess what they do? They don't exercise. And so, you know, if you want to have, you know, balance and peace in your life, you have to take care of your brain. And your brain needs cardio. And it also needs antidepressant, SSRI, to help it. You know, listen to music. Also, call a friend. You know, take a walk together with someone you love. Do breathing exercises. You know, take some water with you. You know, the bottom line is we have to get out. We can't not just settle and just sit there like, you know, a puddle of water. We've got to be active. You also have to have a daily routine. If you're going to work through a persistent depressive disorder, it's important to center your day around structure. And structure can anchor you and provide a purpose and a flow for your day. And, and, you know, I, I recommend that everyone, regardless of depressive symptoms, maintain a daily routine with scheduled activities, a set bed and wake time. Very important. Also, uh, if you're, uh, you need to avoid self-medicating with alcohol or recreational drugs. All of these are unhealthy coping skills, and that can make your mood worsened. So if you're gonna be a drunk or a drug addict, yes, you're gonna have some problems. And guess what? Marijuana is a big problem because it's a depressant. And if you have persistent depressive disorder, you're just throwing yourself into a deeper state of training your brain to be even more depressed than it was before. And guess what? Marijuana stays in your brain, your fatty cells, for 30 days. And so that means after you've smoked your reefer, uh, guess what? It's going to be there for 30 more days. And yes, the brain is loving it because it's just living in the fat cells. And the brain is the fattest organ in the body. You know, trying different therapies until you find one that works and different therapists until you find uh, somebody that matches up with you is very, very important. You know, if you look at the symptoms Just uh, for persistent depressive disorder, you know, I'm going to go over this again because so many people deny that they even have it. You know, it's, it's persistent feelings of sadness, hopelessness, sleep problems, low energy, a change in appetite. I bet you can check all these off. Difficulty concentrating, indecisiveness, lack of interest. Decreased productivity, poor self-esteem, negative attitude, avoidance of social activities. That's all a persistent depressive disorder. And, and you know, it often begins to appear during childhood. It's, it's not something you're unfamiliar with. People that have had these have had this probably throughout their childhood or their teen years. They're, they're irritable. They're moody. They're pessimistic over an extended period of time. You know, they, they may have poor performance at work or school, difficulty interacting with other people especially in social situations, that's the last thing they want to do. That's the other thing. A lot of people have developed social phobia. Surprise, surprise. Social phobia. 
we don't even know how to have a conversation in these days. You know, it's really important to be able to socialize with other people that we know and don't know and, and to be able to make friends. But people can't do that because they're all wearing a mask. And our government loves that. They love to tell us what to do. And that's what they continue to do. You know, uh, persistent depressive disorder, you know, isn't widely known, but it is widely felt. You know, it's a chemical imbalance in the brain. There's usually a family, uh, a, 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 a genetic, a generic component, a genetic component, sorry about that, or a history of other mental health conditions like anxiety, bipolar, you know, stressful traumatic life events, uh, financial problems, chronic illness, or heart disease or diabetes, physical brain trauma such as a concussion. All of these can throw you into a persistent depressive disorder. You know, and, and, and psychotherapists and patients confront the high cost of a low-grade depression. It costs a lot. You know, it's a word with many meanings, depression. Anything from a, a passing mood of sadness or discouragement to a condition of inconsolable mis- misery, suicidal thoughts, even delusions, as well as severe symptoms. And it's regarded as a clinical disorder. When depressed mood and related symptoms are serious enough, last long enough to interfere with work, your social life, your family life, your physical health, that is called a depression and you need to deal with it and that includes a persistent depressive disorder. I know the Greek word for dysthymia which is persistent depressive disorder is a bad state of mind or ill humor and one of the two chief forms of clinical depression it usually has uh, fewer or less symptoms than major depression but lasts a whole lot longer. You know, that dysthymic depression is a depressed mood most of the time for at least two years along with at least two of these symptoms. And I've said all this before, but I'm going to say it again because it just doesn't ring in a lot of people's heads that that is what they're dealing with. There's there's overeating, poor appetite, insomnia, excessive sleep, low energy, fatigue, low self-esteem, poor concentration, indecisiveness, hopelessness. Dysthymia and major depression naturally have many symptoms in common, like a depressed mood, disturbed sleep, low energy, poor concentration. But there's also parallel symptoms like the poor appetite, the low self-esteem, and the helplessness in dysthymia. And it corresponds to more severe symptoms like weight change, excessive guilt, Thoughts of death or suicide, which is a part of major depressive disorder. And major depression may also include two symptoms not found in the sev- uh, the, the uh, 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 standard definition of dysthymia, which is inability to feel pleasure or psychomotor symptoms like lethargy and agitation. But, you know, uh, a, a major depression requires a whole lot more symptoms instead of three but at least two weeks rather than two years. So a depressive disorder can go for a pocket of two weeks, and then all of a sudden it is a major depressive disorder. You know, but dysthymia, persistent depressive disorder, is very serious. It is not a minor depression. It's not a condition uh, intermediate between severe clinical depression and depression. In some cases, it's, it's really more debilitating than major depression because it is so, it takes such a toll over so many years of having it. And, and we've been in this pocket of COVID where we're all stuck 
And we develop these depressive type of symptoms. And if you leave it untreated, you are doing your family and everybody's got to put up with you a great disservice. You know, more than half of the people with dysthymia eventually have an episode of major depression. And that we need to take to the bank. And also anxiety, uh, big deal. It comes in and goes. Uh, anxiety it, it comes right along with it. And the principle, uh, the personality is usually lifelong. And, you know, while moods come and go, dysthymia has to last longer than, than any other psychiatric disorder in the DSM-5. And that can make it difficult to distinguish from a personality disorder, especially the group, the group that includes, includes avoidant or dependent or obsessive compulsive with their symptoms of timidity, excessive worry, helplessness, social withdrawal. Some would prefer to speak of depressive personality disorder instead. And that diagnosis was removed back in 1980, thank God, but uh, these uh, proposed symptoms is this, this guilt, this brooding, this gloominess, uh, the physical symptoms are not part of the definition of a personality disorder. And so you have to recognize that it is persistent depressive disorder, not a personality disorder. Mood and personality are, are the emotional weather and emotional climate of people. So the symptoms of mood and personality disorders naturally overlap each other. But the thought schemes that, that really cause depression and dysthymia are very important. And like I said, it goes back to a lot having to do with expectations. The other thing is, what really pulls people together is when we're grateful. Grateful people make great people. You know, it's incredible. To, it's so easy for us to be negative about the people we live with, the people that we know, all their flaws, and to just sit there and look at their flaws, look at their flaws. But if you're going to be married or you're going to have a family or if you're going to be part of any kind of group of people, this Eeyore-type personality loses their gratefulness. They lose their sense of meaning. They lose their sense of making that extra effort. And grateful people have incredible magnetic ability to drive themselves out of depression because they're recognizing how grateful they are for others. And when we do that, and then we show that, we bring other people out of their own depressive pockets and help them. So your healing yourself can actually help heal other people. And it's really important to understand that. You know, some would prefer to speak of a depressive personality uh, as, as a person that's uh, not somebody that you want to hang around. Well, you're right. It's somebody that does rub off. You know, these qualities have, it's really hard to tug somebody out of persistent depressive disorder. But that person has to recognize that they're having that. And if they don't recognize that they're not themselves, it's really hard to treat that. They have to want to get back to who they are and try to imagine, what was I like before? What, what makes me feel like going above and beyond? What makes me animated as a person? And, and you want to think about those topics and those things, and you want to re-add those things to your life. You want to bring passion and purpose back into your life. But you're not going to do that by trying to find a feeling. You've got to find the things that turn you on and make you excited and make you vibrant. And the way to do that is to go after those goals and then find an emotion that's going to help you go 
towards that. If it's anger, if it's rage, if it's happiness, if it's a sense of giving that you want to give to someone else, then do it and do it and build that back into your life so that you can become alive again. You got to push against the waves. You know, like uh, major depression, uh, the roots is in genetics, it's in your chemical imbalances, it's in your, your environment, it's in your stress, it's in trauma, it's social circumstances, there's certain people in your life that are just bringing you down. And, you know, when you're looking at your friends, it's really important for you to surround yourself with people that inspire you rather than people that remind you of yourself. It's so important for us to have friends that have much better qualities than we do and to pick friends that actually are healthy for us because you will join that person in their life in some way. And if you're going to surround yourself with negative people, you're going to keep yourself in a persistent depressive disorder. And so you need to strive to find people that are vital, that do have energy, and you want to surround yourself with that. You want to surround yourself with those people. If your mom brings you down, if your dad brings you down, brothers, sisters, whoever's bringing you down, you need to unhinge from those people. Unhinge emotionally from them and allow yourself to be healthy. Allow yourself to heal. You know, there's there's a lot of people with dysthymia or persistent depressive disorder that also have chronic physical illness and other psychiatric disorders like anxiety or drug addiction or alcoholism. And in these cases, it's difficult to distinguish the original cause. But really, instead of looking at the original cause, look at what you're dealing with now and get it treated. That's what's important. All right. We're going to take another break. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk about the differences of depression and dysthymia. And we're going to talk about how to get better. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? 
Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about dysthymic depression, which is persistent depressive disorder. It's like Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. But, you know, here's the problem. If you live with dysthymia or persistent depressive disorder, any time during that period that you expense, uh, experience loss or grief, uh, you have a propensity, you will, you will be much more uh, prone to child abuse or partner abuse or uh, neglect. Also, stress and trauma, life changes, they all take on a much bigger role when we don't have those coping skills to deal with these things. Also, uh, 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 substance abuse becomes a big factor that you're very uh, pervasive to uh, with uh, uh, persistent depressive disorder. Brain injuries, can uh, long-term illness, healing can take a much longer time with a persistent depressive disorder. So, you know, it's really f- important for us to be much more aware of these symptoms and take very seriously, getting treatment, going to your doctor, get an SRI, SSRI, go to a therapist, whatever it takes to get yourself through it and to cope with it in a better way. You know, you need to ask the doctor about the symptoms. You need to let them assess you. You need to be open and honest with yourself if you're having those kind of symptoms. You know, most everyone goes through rough patches and you may feel down or sad or lethargic, but most people bounce back with no problem. But if these feelings become more frequent and linger longer, you you basically could have a mild yet serious form of depression at, that we've been talking about this whole episode, PDD, which is dysthymia, pers- persistent depressive disorder. Now, if you're an older adult, you're especially vulnerable to persistent depressive disorder and more so during this COVID-19 pandemic. You know, it's important while COVID pandemics uh, affects everyone, older adults have experienced increased stressors like economic issues, prolonged isolation, a threat of getting sick, all which can trigger feelings of anxiety and depression beyond the norm. And in fact, uh, a survey published in 2020 in September uh, uh, 
said one in four adults has experienced depressive symptoms during the pandemic. And data, data from nonprofit advocacy groups uh, showed that online mental health screenings were up by 406% in May and 457% in June, and uh, as compared with January before the pandemic began. You know, and I can tell you, man, I could work 24 by 7. Uh, people ignore it because they feel it's normal when they're in a persistent depressive disorder. They, they grow accustomed to the symptoms coming and going. But, you know, you have to understand, are you gaining or losing weight? Are you having sleep problems? Are you waking up too early? Are you sleeping too much? Do you have low self-esteem? Are you have fatigue, loss of energy, loss of enjoyment of your favorite, what used to be your favorite activities? trouble concentrating or making decisions, feelings of hopelessness. You know, you have to be mindful. That's all a part of depress a persistent depressive disorder. And it also can, can uh, cause upset stomachs and headaches, irritability, frequent disagreements, uh, which can tear a family apart. All because of this stupid disorder that you need to treat if you have it. You know, it, it, can, it can really raise your risk of more serious health issues if it's left unchecked. And so about 75% of people with persistent depressive disorder at some point all also get major depression. So you're making yourself available to all of this as a problem. You need to take care of it in the front end, not procrastinate, which is another part of depression, on the back end. You know, it, it's also puts you at a higher risk of, of heart disease and it may exacerbate high blood pressure. And so, you know, it's, it is important to really recognize if you're in the middle of the soup and you need to get out. You know, how can you keep up your spirits even if you don't have a persistent depressive disorder? Well, you know, you want to stay engaged in life as much as you can. Even small efforts can be beneficial, like a daily walk can lift your mood. It can also help your brain enormously. Also use a current situation as an opportunity to engage in indoor activities. If you can't go outdoors, do some indoor stuff. You know, get a Peloton. That's what I did. You know, get something to exercise and enjoy yourself and at least fake yourself out to think you are out, outside, which is what I do. I tour the country or tour the world, actually, on the Peloton, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, maybe it's time to, to learn a musical instrument. Man, that can make you feel better. I know I bought a uh, ukulele, barely able to play it, but it's kind of fun to play with your kids and, and to have a good time, you know, and it's really not that hard to play some musical instruments. Or maybe, maybe you need to read a book or, or listen to books. I love audiobooks and working out at the same time. You know, maybe it's time to do a physical challenge. Maybe it's time to do a triathlon. Maybe it's time to, to train for a marathon or a mini marathon or whatever they call them. You know, you know, do, do some push-ups, you know, 25 a day for 25 days. And make sure you, you, to check with your doctor before you do that, by the way. But, you know, you don't want to do too much strenuous exercise without a doctor, uh, at least beginning to see if you're, you're able to do it. But the first store, you know, first step towards getting treatment is to recognize the symptoms. And that's why I keep going after the symptoms over and over and over again. You know, self-analysis can be a challenge. Some people are more uh, in denial. Some people hate to face themselves. Some people are just 
completely irresponsible children. Otherwise, uh, if you are a responsible person, if you do take on responsibility for other people's lives, if you have children, if you have a family, you need to take this stuff seriously. You know, be aware of your changing moods, which is uh, why you may need help. You might want to ask a friend or a spouse or a relative to monitor you for any changes uh, in your behavior, you know, and offer to do the same thing for others. It's important for us to look out for ourselves. Also, taking care of our body. You know, a lot of people are not even bathing. A lot of people are not getting their hair cut. A lot of people look like they're homeless uh, these days. You need to take care of yourself. Put some clothes on. Stop wearing, you know, your pajamas all day long. You know, put some clothes on. Be a respectable person. Go work out. Go, go, you know, with your mask on or off or whatever. Go somewhere. Walk the dog. You know, if someone else notices persistent depressive disorder in, in you, don't try to manage it by yourself. You really need a professional evaluation from a mental health expert. And, and they are better qualified to make clinical diagnoses and offer you the best course of treatment. And persistent depressive disorder really responds well to psychotherapy, talk therapy, antidepressants, exercise, or any combination of all of the above. And many mental health care professionals have begun offering online therapy and make daily exercise a priority. And, and as many studies have shown, it's effectiveness in helping people with depression because exercise, especially cardio, brings up your levels of dopamine and serotonin, which are what helps your brain build neurological pathways to the prefrontal cortex, which is what makes us human. You know, whatever you do, don't ignore the signs. It's never right to not feel good about yourself. You know, this. there's also this thing called SAD, and I've done a show on that before, seasonal affective disorder. And that can occur usually during the winter. However, uh, COVID-19 has basically caused SAD in a lot of people. And it's not just seasonal. It's the season of having to deal with covid you know, and so the feelings of depression are a lot more frequent during the winter months for people who live in northern climates. You know, they get the winter blues, which is creates behavioral changes in people that experience that. And, and there's a lot of research that's needed, but the reduction of sunlight is generally considered the reason that people get down. And it, it really can influence people's chemistry in their brain because the reduced sunlight during the winter days may disrupt the human body's circadian rhythms. And the other problem is having fake forms of light, since we're all stuck in our homes most of the time, if you're stuck in your home and you have a uh, poor forms of light, then you're probably going to affect your circadian rhythms and you're probably going to affect your brain in creating a persistent depressive disorder. And, and by the way, the circadian rhythms help regulate the human body's natural sleep cycle. And so it increases and decreases over a 24-hour period and sends signals to the body as to when it should be awake or asleep. Longer periods of darkness can really mess up that cycle, though. And individuals who have family history of depression live in northern climates. They're the most susceptible to a seasonal uh, uh, depressive disorder, seasonal affective disorder. But you have to understand a seasonal affective disorder can move its way into a per persistent depressive disorder 
especially during COVID. So that's why we have to be so aware of generalized depression. And about 10 million people in the United States a year have that. And there's, there's a, a, a lot of fatigue and low energy that takes place from that. And, and once again, that stuff affects your health. If, if you're going to mess up your sleep patterns, you're going to have a problem with depression, anxiety, and sadness. And a, a mark loss of interest in hobbies if you can't sleep. So sleep is a very important factor for all of us to manage. And this virus has forced people to change how they interact with other people. You know, the demands of social distancing, the level of uncertainty as when when we can actually be free and operate with free will, which I doubt will ever happen again now that government and the deep state has controlled our lives, took over our government and basically running our country into the ground. You know, the change of seasons, the colder, the darker winter months has really created a pocket of time, a long pocket of time for people, especially with the harshness of winter, to increase these depressive symptoms, which carries over into our summer. You know, so the the, the, the thought of depression increasing across the, in our nation is really scary. And a lot of people, their mental health professionals are seeing it over and over and over again. But what we don't want is to have a lower quality of life as a human being. We need to get our humanness back. We need to get our summer months. We need to feel vital. We need to re-plug in with our families, our friends, the places we like to visit. We need to recover. And it's important. You know, we don't have to ask for permission to grab our lives back. We can just grab our lives back. You know, if people are struggling with feelings of, of severe depression, they really want to get help. Uh, you know, they, they're probably, you shouldn't feel embarrassed or ashamed, you know, to seek therapy. There, there's types of depression that are persistent and, and it becomes more manageable with proper treatment. So dealing with feelings of depression during a global pandemic does present additional challenges, but therapy can help you with that. And that's a very important thing. You know, so, you know, if, if you want to start taking care of yourself, you know, schedule some regular phone calls with people you love and maintain those connections as you go through and have a regular exercise routine that allows you to perform your workout outdoors if safe or indoors if you have to. But here's the deal. It has to be a regular schedule. You can't do it as an emotional decision. It needs to be regularly scheduled exercise. And create a sense of structure in your activities. Minimize your triggers. That's important. You know, get, get light emitting devices like a light box. And these are very helpful uh, artificial light that can really, really help you in many ways. You know, but as we're isolated, we are very, very much subjected to the idea of moving into a persistent depressive disorder. We got to get out of that. That's our show. I want to thank you for listening. I love hearing from you guys. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, fight apathy or don't. (laughs) Persistent depressive disorder happens when you accept the unacceptable. Also, at least when you spend your days in fear, you can't be apathetic. (laughs) Now, this is a really important quote from Aristotle. And if you think about our government today, 
here's what it is. Tolerance and apathy are the last virtues of a dying society. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back.